Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you ready for some scalding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Misutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. We're joined by our friend Alec Lewis today. Jace couldn't be here, so Alec Lewis has decided to step in for us. Um, we couldn't be happier. He's our friend over at, at The Athletic. He got here like... What was it, like a month ago now or two yeah. months ago? How, how long have you been here, Alec? I think it's six weeks. I don't know. I, I, I've told people a month for like a, a, a while, so we'll stick with that. But no, it's been it's been a whirlwind. It's been a fun whirlwind, to be honest. But I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's been a crazy start to a, an NFL season. Uh, but it's been fun. Yeah, I guess time flies when you're covering a 5-1 and one team that – might be good like I, I don't know like we'll just let's just jump right into that because I feel like every week I leave leave a Vikings game thinking like that's not going to keep working like if they keep doing that week in and week out and, and it does keep working and while I do think like if they continue to bend so much they will break I think there is something to be said about good teams find a way to win football games and like all the facts are so far like they are a pretty good team. Like what, what, how do you kind of like digest this team as a whole right now, knowing that like they're going to have to get a heck of a lot better if they want to, you know, rise to the top of the conference. Well, it's funny because they, they've said that too. Like they've admitted that they know that they can't continue to play the way they have and, and beat good teams. And so it's like, as much as that's the, the vibe I know from the people who cover the team, I know from the fans who watch the games every Sunday, the, the players feel it too. I mean, Kirk Cousins after the game literally said, like, this feels like the inverse of 21 where I feel like I didn't play well and yet we're winning and, and, I'll, and I'll take it. And I think that's how – that's just the vibe of surrounding everything. That's how I look at it is like, I mean, they're 5-1. and one. It doesn't feel as if they've, they've hit their ceiling or come anywhere close to it. And so to have banked this many wins and be where they are in the NFC North at this point is, is a – is a real positive. And, and you said it like, I mean, I, the more I look at it, the more I, there are three things that I keep coming back to of like, how is this team that hasn't clicked consistently on offense and defense uh, won five games? And, and I think obviously you could talk about competition and some of the players opponents have had out, but I come back to three things and it's the health of the roster in general. It's lack of penalties 
and it's the special teams performance. If you look at all three of those categories, I mean, they're they're close to the top, and and that's I mean, they've talked about wanting to win in the margins. That was something Quasi Adolfo Mensa said from the beginning, and and they've done that, and the result is a five and one football team that feels like they could easily have lost many of the games they won. For sure. And I, I think what, what's important, like like you mentioned, the ways they're winning, um, the injury thing is a good point because back in training camp even, like a lot of us thought like, oh, they're not going very hard. They're not going like live reps a lot of the time. I think they had like 11 fully padded practices out of the, like the allotted 16 that you get. Didn't use all of those. O'Connell was very clear. Like, it, you know, the, the sports health and performance staff, like, was very clear about like, this is what we want to do. This is the, the idea and approach that we want to take and, and it's going to keep us healthy. And, and by all accounts, it's worked so far. So I think that's a great point. The, the penalties is a big one for me because you're right. They're the, I think they're the second least penalized team behind the Rams. Yep. So that yep. makes sense, right? Like a McVay disciple bringing that sort of discipline kind of on with him to the next stop in his career that can make a huge difference. Um, just think about like holding penalties. And I know through like three or four weeks of the season, they didn't have one. I think Herb Smith picked up like their first holding penalty. Maybe it was in London or it was against uh, the bears, but like those penalties alone can kill drives. And, and the Vikings haven't like shot themselves in the foot at all. Like in that sense. And, and that comes back to coaching. Like that comes back to, you know, Yes, it's on the players to perform, but when when a team is as disciplined as the Vikings have been to this point, like I think you can credit O'Connell for that. Yeah, and I mean, just look at this past weekend's game against the Dolphins. Skylar Thompson on his first drive, they look they look pretty. I mean, I think it was the second drive actually, but Skylar Thompson looked really good. They get down in the Vikings territory, and I think had like four penalties in a row. It was holding. I, I think like. I don't James Lynch got tackled on a block. Like I didn't know what was going on. Besides, I think they ended up the Dolphins had like fourth and 32 at the 50-yard line or something. It, 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 I mean, your exact point. It torpedoes drives. And I, I mean, it's it's I think of it also defensively. Like the Vikings have not had a ton of of pass interferences way down the field. And again, we could say maybe that's because quarterbacks like Justin Fields. And 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 Jared Goff are aren't re- releasing the ball and, and heaving it downfield all the time, but I mean those penalties happen and and, and often and the fact that they haven't I think is a critical reason uh, why they're five and one. Yeah, for sure. And then you 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 obviously mentioned the special teams. Anytime I can bring up my guy Matt Daniels, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Um, maybe we'll leave that alone because our segment two um i, I would imagine he's going to come up um at some point so that's a little yeah yeah i, I know we we're going to get a matt daniels segment at some point yeah that's that's a little tease to segment two but don't worry anyone listening at home we will be talking about matt daniels um <laughs> alec you made a you, you didn't make a good point like the five and one they're winning these games and like they're self-aware of like of the fact that like this isn't going to continue to win games um i think back to October 2020. So I think you were probably covering the Royals, right? Like at that yes, point. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. The Vikings got off to a one and five start. And I remember that heading into their bye week, Rick Spielman sat down with the reporters and was like, we're going to be good. Don't worry. Like this excuse, that excuse, this excuse, that excuse, every excuse in the book. And he's like, we're going to turn this thing around. And like, to their credit, like they did, like they, they figured it out. They ended up being like, 
flirting with the 500 mark. Um, and, and I think you do see teams do that. Like you ramp up through six weeks of the season and then you kind of hit another kind of stride at some point. The Vikings were one and five. They had to dig themselves out of a hole at that point in, in 2020. And, and to their credit, they did. The Vikings are five and one this year in 22. So like there, you, you would imagine they're going to hit a stride at some point. And, and I just keep looking back to their schedule. Like it, it's, it might be among the softest schedules in the league. You're five and one at this point. What is this team's potential? Do you think taking into account the fact that likely they will get better um, and the fact that obviously the schedule sets up really, really nicely for them to make make a move, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, you're exactly right with the schedule. I mean, they they obviously go to Buffalo and play the Bills. That's going to be an extremely tough test. And I think, honestly, I'm looking forward to that. And I think the team probably is too. To, to like, It's another litmus test beyond the Eagles game where it's like, okay, really, where do we stack up? So there's that game. They play the Dallas Cowboys and they play the Patriots, I think, on Thanksgiving night. Like those three, I look at it, it's like, okay, those, those will be solid tests. Otherwise, it's just – it's pretty bland beyond, obviously, the Packers who have struggled and some of the divisional matchups. Um, so it, it's it's interesting from the, from the schedule standpoint. You asked about the ceiling. I mean, I don't know. I, I think offensively, the things I think about right now is like – Adam Thielen seemingly each week seems to tweak something with his ankle or something with his leg. And I don't know how much that's affected separation, but I think for this team to reach its ceiling offensively, you need guys like Adam Thielen to be able to separate more. You need guys like KJ Osborne to, to separate more potentially and and kind of elevate his game. He's obviously performed in certain spots, but I think with the way these defenses are going to have to take away Justin Jefferson And that's not like you can't play zone defense. The Packers tried that. It doesn't work. You can't play one on one. He he torches guys, no matter whether it's Marshawn Lattimore, Xavier Howard. You kind of have to double team him, play cloud coverage, which puts the onus on offense, not only on, on the offensive line to hold up for Kirk Cousins, but also on the receivers beyond Justin Jefferson to separate for them to reach the offensive ceiling. I think that's what it's going to take defensively. Um, can they continue to get the type of pass rush they did against the Miami Dolphins? I think that's going to be critical with the coverage that they play. So if that stuff can happen, I mean, I think you're looking at a team that that I think can surprise people even like if you, in my opinion, I've listened to people nationally and it sounds like they're skeptical. And for understandable reasons, you look at DVOA, you look at EPA, the Vikings – aren't a top 10, top five team in the league. So the skepticism is is warranted. But I do think if you get a pass rush, if receivers separate, if Kirk Cousins kind of does – I mean, I, I I go back and forth on Kirk this year. It's been interesting to, to watch him. We could talk about that in general. But if, if Kirk has time and can find guys and is more aggressive um, – then I think this team is capable of, I don't know, winning 12 games, 13 games, and and having a shot in the dance to to surprise people. I don't know. Um, but I think the way that they they that they played to to the point that we talked about from the beginning, like to rely on special teams, to rely on penalties, to rely on health, it's maybe it's possible, but um it, it, you need some of these offensive pieces and defensive strategies to kind of click quick to to be able to surprise people i think yeah this is the point like 
in each NFL season, I think maybe this season more than than any, that I wish the NFL trade deadline was like the MLB trade deadline, where like there wasn't a cap, you didn't have to worry about like going over because the Vikings have like I think it's like literally a million dollars to work with. Like they're they're not going to be able to bring anyone in, and it, yeah, unless it's like just a marginal player on like like an Odell Beckham maybe on like a but he's not going to take the minimum. So it's just like. They could restructure some stuff to try to move money around, and they and they might. I mean, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, like, if anybody is is aware of the cap and number, be able to kind of navigate that. I think I think they they have what it takes, but it it, it would take some creativity, and um, yeah, right. And that's just not something that like the NFL really has a reputation of doing, like moving huge names at the trade deadline. But I think your point about Adam Thielen is spot on like he's getting old he's aging um he's 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 been dealing with injury issues for for two seasons now and you're starting to see it pop up in the kind of game to game basis kj osborne someone who i thought was really going to take a step this year and, and he hasn't or you know obviously he had the game winning touchdown catch against detroit but by and large he's been someone who i think like even he would admit like his production is not where you thought it would be irv smith kind of the same way so i think there's a lot of things on this offense to, to like you mentioned that like needs to click if they're going to take that leap defensively you know and then we can kind of leave it there like do you think like the bend don't break structure can continue to work because like the pass rush like if it's as good as it was against the dolphins like they're going to be fine but the dolphins offensive line is, is pretty <laughs> bad so do you think that the structure of like allowing 458 yards in a game and somehow only allowing 16 points is that sustainable or is that something that is eventually going to come back and bite them it's definitely not sustainable if they're allowing the type of yardage and, and <laughs> some of the poorest zone defense that they, that they have I think the hope would be that the more active reps the more in-game reps these guys get in this scheme the better they are at communicating at passing off routes at understanding what what opposing offense they're trying to do um, I mean, I was going back earlier to, er, this week and I was looking at like, how did Ed Donatel describe what his defense would be in training camp? And he, he talked about like he didn't want to it didn't want to be too simple because you want to you don't want to give advantages to opposing offenses. That's pretty obvious. But he's like, you also don't want it to be so difficult that our players can't operate fast and mm -hmm. free. And I think you've seen that like push pull at times this year. It's like, I mean, at times with the too high shell, you can confuse opposing quarterbacks, but also at times it, got, it looks like the Vikings defense, like communicating right before the snap, you go here and it's just kind of a mess. And so I think without them playing in the preseason, maybe it gives them a little more buffer to be like, look, more weeks in this defense, the tighter we can be in coverage, the better we can be at passing off routes. And, it, I mean, it's going to take that to, to not allow Josh Allen to put up, like, 50 points in reality. So um, we'll see. But I, I, I think it's too early for me and, and just going back and looking at some of the numbers to be like, you know what, this defensive scheme is atrocious. Because, I mean, it's complicated – uh, a lot of these guys have played different ways their whole career. Their keys have been – their principles have been totally different. They're trying to adapt on the fly. So um, I'm just interested to see how it continues to develop and how – and if guys like Eric Kendrick, Daniel Hunter, have more production, more success just as the week continue to pass. 
for sure. Yeah, it sounds like a broken record at this point, but like everyone has said it, um, and I I agree with this. Like, it's better to learn these lessons while winning games. And right now, the Vikings are able to kind of take a step back after every Sunday or Monday and say, like, okay, we were not good at this, we were not good at this, we were not good at this, but we did win the game. Um, they're five and one entering their bye week, and you know we'll, we'll see how it looks coming out because. There's obviously room to improve on offense, room to improve on defense. Um, but they are 5-1, and one, and the schedule sets up nicely. Uh, we'll take a break there. When we come back, we're going to have a little fun. Like, we've, we talked enough football, I think. Um, we'll go kind of big picture with this thing. It's the bye week, after all. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, alongside our friend Alec Lewis from The Athletic. Give him a follow, at Alec underscore Lewis. Um, he's, he's doing a great job. Just dropping bangers every single you know, twice, twice, two, three times a week. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know how he does it. There's not enough hours in the day, but Alec is dropping stories. So make sure you're, you're going to follow him. Make sure you're following us too. Uh, like, subscribe, download this podcast. We're pretty much everywhere you can get a podcast now. So join us for this ride. They're five and one. And, uh, you know, they look like a pretty good team in the NFC. Alec, I texted you yesterday and I said, can you hop on the podcast? You said, yes. I said, all right, we're going to keep it light. I want to do something kind of fun here. Like you've been around for six weeks. You said you've talked to pretty much everyone under the sun. We're back in the locker room. Um, so, you know, all the players are kind of at our disposal again, as, as opposed to the past two years when we were doing everything over zoom, uh, we're talking to O'Connell every week. We're talking to the coordinators every week. So we're going to do a little three round draft. You are the guest, So you go first. We're just going to say, who are the people we like to talk to the most? Who are the most enjoyable, entertaining, whatever the criteria is. It can be because they're super insightful. It, it can be because you just smile every time you talk to these people. Just to kind of give listeners a sense into like, who are these guys? Because I don't even know if it always comes across in, in, in our stories. Like some of these dudes are just like super insightful or super funny. Um, you get the first pick in this three round draft. We'll discuss a little bit about it. Um, we, we, we have not discussed this, so, I mean, I'll probably have to adjust on the fly. I can – but let's just jump right into it. Number one pick, who who you taking? Yeah, this may surprise – I mean, the, there's an obvious easy pick, okay? But I, I can't I, – I, I know you're – you would just be much better. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to take my number one pick. <laughs> I've really enjoyed Patrick Peterson and talking to Patrick Peterson. Um, I feel like he's, he's, and I don't know how kind of, again, it's my first year covering this team. So I don't know how he has operated in years past, but I feel like each week he's very reflective of, of what happened the week before of the team as a whole of, um, just like there's been with him this year, like a presence of kind of leadership and, and like veteran assistance. Um, I mean, he's talked a lot about Cam Dantzler and helping Cam Dantzler, but I, I just feel like Patrick Peterson has really enjoyed the conversations um, with the media. And I think he's, he's been very open and honest and upfront. I mean, I can remember after the Eagles game Monday night in the locker room after the game. And he was like, yeah, we're just too soft in coverage. And he was, he was talking about what the Eagles did to kind of, um, I don't know, force him out of coverage. So, I don't know, Patrick Peterson. And I feel like, I mean, he allowed Chris to take a picture of his special teams hat. I mean, he's been, he's been uh, welcoming. It's, it's, I, I've, I've enjoyed him. I, I've, I really have. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good one, and and it makes sense, right? Like he he understands, like as he's grown old, there he's got the podcast now with Bryant McFadden on all things covered. Like, yeah, he gets it. Like it 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 benefits you as you age into your career to like be a media good guy. Like to it, none of us are like football is football, and if you can play, you're gonna stay. But like none of us are capable of running this guy out of town. But like. It, it helps to have the media on your side. And I think he's kind of started to grasp that he is just a, is, is a joy to, to talk to and be around. And he's super insightful. Like you said, I I like that you went him one because I'm not sure we would have ever let you back on the podcast. If you took my guy, number one, <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, I couldn't Matt Daniels. That's my, that's my, my pick, my first pick. Um, I've talked about him enough on this podcast. Um, I'm sure you and me and you have had conversations out at the facility when I'm not there. I'm sure we're talking, everyone else is talking about Matt Daniels from the moment he stepped foot in the building. Like you could tell the dude had a presence about him. Um, super football guy, like really intense. I could tell like why players would enjoy talking to him, but like also damn good coach. Like they, they are playing as good of special teams as anyone in the league. Sands like that little blip against the bears and they still won the game. Uh, I think he's super smart. I think he's super entertaining. I think one of your first days on the beat was when he started talking about Jalen Rieger's, you know, nice butt, awesome <laughs> calves. And I think that like you, you tweeted that out. Got You know, I think your tweet was actually the precipice or like the, the, the inception of like how it spread around the internet, because all of a sudden it's talk, it's talked up on, on, on the talk shows, the talk, Heads are talking about it. The team has given Daniel's crap about it. But even how he handled something like that, where he he comes across looking a little goofy, um, he's been he's been awesome. He hasn't dialed it back, and and he's definitely my number one pick. I'll say this too about him, like, and and he's hilarious, and he like knows he's funny, and he's like just very himself, and that's that's honestly what's like amazing about it. Um, but the other thing, and you said this, like, good coach incredibly smart guy like the way he breaks down some of this stuff whether it's a punt whether it's a kick return I mean he goes into depth and obviously these special teams coaches like this this is their livelihood they 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 know it like the like no fan knows special teams of course but the fact that he I mean sometimes he'll describe the depth of every punt of every kick you're like good lord there's so much that goes into his in into every punt every kid it's just it's it's pretty fascinating and you could tell like he he is on the forefront of wanting to to do things to i guess give the special team unit an edge i, I mean he's a young guy i i i don't that it's it's hard to find something that you wouldn't be like this guy could couldn't be a head coach i mean honestly i i, I really think he has really all the intangible so it's, it's been I've, I've loved it like you said it's been amazing awesome yeah i think matt collar over at purple insider had a good good story about him and he wrote about like kick coverage but he also just wrote about how like matt daniels had opportunities to go be like a defensive backs coach and he decided to be a special teams coordinator because like that was the pathway he felt like he could impact the most people the like the quickest um just an awesome dude. If, if, if anyone is listening at home and like hasn't just tuned in to a Matt Daniels weekly press conference, totally worth your time. Um, you'll want to run through a wall wherever you are in your cubicle. Um, Alec, who's your number two pick? This is going to be maybe surprise some people, um, but I'm actually going to take Kirk Cousins. I feel like Kirk has been um, – I, I mean, I said this after the game in Miami. We were on the elevator, a couple beat writers – 
And I was like, has Kirk always been this good? I mean, he's, he's insightful. He is very like reflective. Um, and, and I, I guess that's repeating Patrick, what I said about Patrick Peterson, but he's also, he's been funny. I mean, beyond the chain stuff, whatever, but like, even, I mean, I asked him about Christian Darisaw a couple weeks ago and he, he gave a, like a really long winded, incredible answer. I mean, after the games, he's been, he's just, uh, he's made jokes about himself. I, I, I feel like, I think he's been very comfortable and fun to listen to. And I always feel like he's on top of it. At times I feel like he's, diplomatically answering questions where he's not giving you what you asked for, which is uh, what a smart guy would do. But um, I, I'm taking Kirk and I'm not, I promise I'm not like sucking. I, I, I really like, I've really enjoyed listening to him talk this year. And I feel like it, it's, it's given me a different perspective. For sure. No, he, he deserves all the credit that you're giving him because this is a dude who was a robot in the past. And I think like, Kevin O'Connell has found a way to like unlock Kirk just leaning into like who he is like being himself. And that's all like you ask for these dudes, right? Like you like athletes in particular who have worked with other athletes and been in locker rooms with other athletes throughout their career. know when a guy's being fake. And I don't know if it was necessarily that Kirk was being fake for the first four years of his Vikings career, but like you could tell he wasn't just being himself. He is now. And, and it's been refreshing um, like you said, he's also like pretty insightful with like when he's willing to dive into like why I made this mistake or why I didn't throw this ball and why I should have thrown that ball. Like if you really listen and dig, like he is, he's been insightful, but also just like funny and kind of a joy to be around, which sounds a little, you know, out of left field considering who, you know, he's, he's kind of been for three years. I'll say this too, like after the game in Miami and there were a couple like pretty heated conversations he had on the sideline with Kevin O'Connell, like he could have totally not given anything on that, but he was like, I want him to coach me hard. Like there are going to be intense conversations. Like, and I, I just, he didn't have to go into that at all. And he did. And I, I just is appreciated. Um, and I just, I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. That's a good pick. Um, I was hoping he would actually fall to, you know, slide to three because it's <laughs> a situation, but that's, that's a good one. Good value pick. And if you didn't take him there, I probably would have taken him next. Since Kirk's not on the board anymore, I'll just say Justin Jefferson. Like, the dude yeah. is just, like, is he going to give you the best answer? No. Like, are all of his qu- answers going to be, like, super well thought out? Like, no. But he's just <laughs> hilarious. Like, he's he's funny to, to talk to. I, I like, you know, that he rocks the grill. He rocks, you know, the jet chain and, like, you know, also, I think what's something to to kind of look into, and this is a little bit like inside baseball of like covering the NFL, but like Justin Jefferson has to talk to us every week, like on Wednesday or Thursday. Like, I think it's Thursdays now, but like that might, that's probably not super fun all the time. Like to just be like, all right, I have to like go talk to people about who I'm going up against this week or like how I got shut down last week or like who I'm playing, you know, how they're going to cover me this week. And I just think he kind of brings like some sort of like levity to each of those interactions. Like I said, it, it, he's not giving you the same type of insight that, that Patrick Peterson or Kirk cousins is, is giving you as far as like how he's winning on this route or what he's looking for with the defense, which way he's turning his hips, but like he's fun and he's, he's definitely himself. Um, I can appreciate that about him. And he's the best player on the team. So like he has to like, we, at some point we gotta, we gotta list him on this one. He's who I would take to, um, 
but only because Kirk wasn't available. <laughs> no, and Justin, I mean, it's the interesting thing is like, I mean, this guy's been one of the best receivers through through his first two plus years of his career. I mean, ever, really, ever. And and he doesn't, I mean, there's just even when he talks to the media, like, yeah, he has to do it every week. He I'm sure it's not for him. The I'm sure he'd rather go sit in the players' lounge and eat something or whatever. But like there isn't a ton of ego when he has a com- – I mean, it really, like, he's very just – like, yeah, if you got a question, I'll answer it. And, and I don't know if everybody would – every person in that type of position would be that way. So, I like the pick. I've, I've, I've enjoyed listening to him. It's funny. Um, the third pick, I, I, I've, I've gone back and forth with this a lot in my head. Like, I, I've thought about mentioning Jordan Hicks. He's been, I feel like, really good every week. Daniil Hunter, I've had some interactions with. I, I've I've really um, appreciated and enjoyed. But I, I guess because it's like, what would people not see? I had a conversation last week with Mike Smith, who's the outside linebackers coach, pass, pass rush specialist. And he was hilarious. And he was forthcoming. And he was honest. And he, and he, he, he I think, took a Ted Lasso quote in our conversations. There's two bus- buttons I don't push snooze and the panic button it was hilarious um but but mike smith i mean energy guy uh he's been around he was in kansas city he was in green bay and i i I love that conversation he's not a guy again that like fans would hear from on a weekly basis uh or 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 maybe ever (laughs) often so um he's my pick i i i i try to think about it like even harrison smith i've enjoyed listening to like the way he analyzes the game very quiet guy doesn't say much, but like when he has talked, I, I feel like I've learned. Um, so I, I was tempted to pick him, but Mike Smith is my answer. So I, I guess my draft, I'm trying to think of Patrick Peterson, Kirk Cousins, Mike Smith. It's a so- solid board. Um, that quote, by the way, Mike Smith, I don't, I, there's two buttons. I don't push. <laughs> he was in the panic elite quote. Maybe the maybe one of like a top five quote that will come out of the Vikings beat all year. Like that is that is such a good quote. It's something that everyone can like instantly relate to. It's a, like a really like football-y quote too, which yeah. I'm a big fan of like yeah. football guys being football. Um good pick. And I, I think like a nice sleeper, a nice like little ode to someone that, that probably doesn't get a lot of attention. I'll kind of piggyback off that. I'll just say Zadarius Smith with my third pick. Like he, Mike Smith coaches the outside linebackers. Darius Smith is an edge rusher outside linebacker. Uh, it's less about like, what he says on a weekly basis and more about like how fly he is when he, when he says it, like I, watching that dude, like put on a suit in the locker room after, after a big win, you know, I, I saw the video this past week in, in Miami where Patrick Jones is to his left and Neil Hunter is to his right. And he's saying, you know, couple words we can't say on the podcast we probably <laughs> um I, I remember i think it was after the detroit i forget it was either the packers it was, i think it was after the packers win um he, he came out in his fly suit with his chain around his neck like he, he's just he's i think he's a fun guy um and i think like the the energy he brings on the defensive side of the ball is like you can see that when he speaks to us. Like I, I, I genu- genuinely think like that he's just being himself, like whether he's talking to me and you one-on-one at his locker to the scrum in, you know, in the locker room itself, 
or like in the meet, you know, on the field, like talking to Daniel. Like I, I, I get the sense that like he's super comfortable with who he is. Um, he, he rocks a suit better than I could ever rock one. <laughs> I think he, I think he deserves to be on the list. No, it's a good take. He's also been unbelievable. Like I don't think, and I've tried. Like uh, it's like hello, it's like Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa. It's like there's a couple, and then Zadarius Smith. Like he's been like his his I think his vintage self and it's been essential for the Vikings. So um yeah, he's I said this to somebody a couple weeks ago but I was like you can see like the fun he's having in the way he plays. Like you can just see that, you can see that in the way he operates and and I I think it's been important. Like it's one of those like we talk about the margin stuff, but I think having that voice in there is is one of those things that like if you think about how they've gotten to this point it, it, it's it's probably understated how how his impact for sure all right that's our draft alex team is patrick peterson kirk cousins mike smith outside linebackers coach my team is matt daniels justin jefferson zadarius smith i think we both did good i'll give us a hell of a team we'll, we'll, we both get a pluses how about that <laughs> thanks Aiden. appreciate it Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside our friend Alec Lewis. Like I said on the last segment, give him a follow. He's doing a great job over at the, at the Athletic. Give us a follow, too, on this podcast at Inside Purple and Gold. We're, we're anywhere you can get a podcast now. Send us a review. Rate us if you're going to give us five stars. Alec, we got a one-star review the other day. I don't know I don't know what's going on. but That's horrible. Uh, That's horrible. Yeah. I have no idea, but um, you, you've been here for six weeks now in the twin cities area. Um, came from Kansas city, right? Before yeah. that. Yep. From Alabama originally. Right. Yep. Yeah. I'm just going North Canada's yeah. next North Canada's pole after next. that. All right. We'll see. Eventually there'll probably be an NFL team in the North pole. They, they play games in, in all over Europe. Eventually we're, we're going to get to the North pole. So maybe you can be the beat writer up there. Uh, I, I got to give you some crap about, about Minnesota fall, man. Like, Let me have it. All right. I, I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but Alec like three or four days ago, maybe it was last week tweeted, you know, like the fall colors are, are on one in Minnesota. Like they, like they are really special and they are a hundred percent. They are like, I, I would argue like you look across the country, like maybe Maine is up there. Like I'm sure like Montana has some nice scenery, like, but you got to get pretty North to see good fall colors. And Minnesota's are elite, so we'll give you that. Thank but you. like, romanticizing fall is a rookie move, man, because it ain't long. And I think like literally less than twenty four hours after you tweeted about the fall colors, we saw snow. Bang! And another thing you'll you'll start to realize about Minnesotans, as long as you, you know you live here long enough, is anytime the first snow hits the ground. It's up on Twitter like people ain't never seen snow in their life. So I just like the contrast of, of you tweeting about how amazing fall is and then snowfall coming the next day. Like we talk about welcome to the NFL moments with some of these guys. That was a welcome to Minnesota moment if, if I've ever seen one. 100%. And there, there are a couple things with that. Like I had wanted to tweet that probably for like two weeks. I thought about it. I'd been like, okay, I'm seeing great yellows. I'm seeing great reds, great oranges. Like I am all in on this. I, I think it's unbelievable. And I just, it didn't like, it would slip my mind. I forgot to tweet it. I didn't know how to phrase it. So I would just push it down the road. 
And then I think it was like a, a, a Wednesday. I was driving home from the facility. I got, I, I looked all around. I, I got home. I was like, I got to send this out. I'm having fun. The, <laughs> the fall is amazing. The, like the leaves are amazing. So I was like, okay, I'll shoot my shot. And people liked it, but I also <laughs> got trolled a little bit. And then I woke up the next morning and there was snow on the ground. I was like, are you kidding me? And, and the other thing with it, I was like, okay, maybe I'll send this out. Minnesota will appreciate me. They'll respect like the, 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 the mother nature of Minnesota will respect me. Um, not at all. Just threw it in my face. And I, I, I've said this a lot. Like one of the greatest things about moving up here and getting to talk about how cold it's going to be is whenever I'm in an awkward conversation, it's like, yeah, the weather, man, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So it, it has, it has helped fulfill, it helped fulfill, um, the moments where I need something to talk about with people. But yeah, the snow was, that was a rude awakening. Fortunately, it's gotten a, it's like, it was cold. Now it's gotten a little warm. And I know at some point we're going to dive off a cliff. It's going to be as cold as I've ever been. And I'm not prepared for it. I don't know how I'm going to be, but um, we'll figure it out. You'll figure it out, man. I, I was born in Hawaii. All my family out there is like, how do you, how do you even live up there? Like the good news about winter is you can always put on more clothes. You could go yeah. buy another jacket. Uh it is funny though. Like we make fun of like how, like the weather and talking about the weather is such a trope with like, Oh, I don't really know what to say. Let's bring up the weather. But like it's Minnesotans love to talk about the weather and you are onto something. Minnesotans love to talk about themselves and Minnesota in general. So like you tweeting something, giving props to the home state is going to get you, going to get you some fans around, around this neck of the woods. Uh, so you've been here six weeks. Um, obviously, most of your time's out in Egan or at U.S. Bank Stadium. I know you've been on the road a little bit. Have you gotten to explore Minnesota at all? Like, what are what like what are some restaurants you like? What are some you know breweries you like? If you're a beer guy, uh, just give me run run me down some of the places we've been to. And I, I know me and you are, are thinking about you know getting up next week. You know after the bye week. So uh, what do you like about this place so far? Yeah, it's funny. Like week three, I think. I mean, I'd gotten back from Philadelphia. I think it was the Monday night game. I was up riding at the stadium till 2. My flight was at 4 a.m., got back, slept the whole day. Then, like, later that week, I think Kevin Seifert was like, so you got, you got to be able to enjoy? And I'm like, not really. Like, I, I'm trying to do good stuff. And it's um, – but, no, I, I really I, – I have more than I, I probably let on. Like, I've, I mean, you, you mentioned some of the restaurants and breweries and stuff, like – I live near the North Loop, so I'm in that area a lot. And I've, I mean, there's been some some really good spots that I've – I mean, Red Rabbit I ate at recently. It was really good. Um, place called San Husan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I thought it was phenomenal. Um, so there, there's, there's been a lot of restaurants in this area. There are a couple of places I need to hit, I want to hit. I'm a big food guy. My mother has written cookbooks, so this is uh, – that, it, that's like one of my things, but no, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed it. Like it's been funny to listen to people talk about their sports teams and, and the struggles over time. Like I, I've, I've laughed at listening to people. It was funny. Like I think the golden goat Minnesota football was four and oh, and I'm like getting excited, row the boat. And then they, they lose to Purdue and people around here are like, this is kind of what happens. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I, I have enjoyed it. Um, and I, in reality, like the people here, I mean, the media um, to the to the PR staff to even like the players, I, I it's they people have been really welcoming. 
and that's all you can ask. So I, I've, I've enjoyed it. I need to spend more time, like you said, at breweries doing that kind of stuff. So I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. But we're in the grind right now, so I'm, I'm trying to balance it. For sure. Uh, you mentioned the food scene. It, it is pretty good here. I think it's an underrated food scene. People don't really like think about Minneapolis. I guess we'll say St. Paul. Like you don't really need to venture on St. Paul. If I, if anyone listening is from St. Paul, like I'm sorry, but like Minneapolis is the superior of the Twin Cities. Um, I didn't say that. It, you didn't say it. I did. <laughs> I, you, you can't say that yet. I've been here for 12 no. years. I have, I have adopted Minnesota as home. Um, I'm actually in St. Paul right now. Cover about to cover a wild. Uh, morning skate so i i could say it i i'll be here but like it, it it there's a lot about the twin cities that i think is underrated i'm glad you're, you're enjoying it so far i gotta like, ask you i gotta ask you and, and the 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 podcast listeners maybe they've heard this before but if you if you're picking one restaurant in this place you're like if someone comes to town you're like we got to go there and they're a big foodie and like that's that what are you what are you telling people red wrap it's a good one but I, I would say if you haven't been to Bar La Grassa yet, that's a little bit more down Washington in the North Loop. That that one is it, is top tier. Um, it's Italian, so everyone says like you know Italian can't you know it, it's all pretty similar. But like nah, this place is next level. It's really really good. Um, yeah, that that would be my my probably my number one. I need to get there. Yeah, you definitely need to get there. We need to take you to some breweries. There's there's some good ones around you. Um, there's some good ones around me in Northeast. Maybe one of these days we will record a podcast from one of these breweries. Um, get a little, uh, get a little, couple beers in us and see what see what comes out on, on the podcast. But um, Alec, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you taking some time. Like I said, guys, if, if you're not following him, make sure you, you, you hop on the Twitter machine right now at Alec underscore Lewis. He's doing great work over the, at the Athletic. Um, we appreciate him being on the show. Give us a follow as well. If, if you're not, we're inside Purple and Gold anywhere you get a podcast. Teams five and one. They'll, they'll be coming out of their bye week next week. They got, you know, easy schedule to come up. So you, you might want to enjoy this ride. Make sure you're following us to, to do that. For, for Dane Zitani, Alec Lewis, this has been another inside, an episode of Inside Purple and Gold. We're out.